This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Turn with me or look on your screen to Genesis 2 and 7. Here's the, the account of God forming Adam's body, his physical body, and also him giving Adam some instructions. Later on, he goes on to, uh, to, to uh, create Eve as well. But we're going to focus on the exchange between God and Adam here, okay? Well, his for, first his physical formation and then God speaking to Adam, all right? So it's not exchange, but God giving Adam some instructions, all right? So with that in mind, here we go with our message today. So here begins the reading of God's holy word. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Edom, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Let's take a quick moment to stop here for a second. Notice that man was not formed in the garden in Eden, but God put man there after his formation. Just discovered that fairly recently within the last year. Something that just went over my head. Amen. But hallelujah. Man was formed someplace else and then put in the garden. Maybe one day during a Bible study we will uh, delve into that a little bit deeper. Amen. Next verse. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Good for food. The tree of life also in the midst or in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going to jump down to verse 15 now. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden. Once again, it's a confirmation that God put the man into the garden. He wasn't formed in the garden, he was formed someplace else, but he was placed in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. So that was man's responsibility to dress it and keep it or to maintain it. Verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest, thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Let's keep, him, let's keep that in mind, all right, as, as we deal with our message today. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Actually, this is not the actual title. I messed this up here, excuse me. But the title this week is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of of the knowledge of good and evil hallelujah there is a foundational error in most of our christian teachings that has emphasized man's efforts to be accepted by god to live holy to be pleasing unto god and we have made Christianity and all the other Christian, all the other religions of the world. We are all basically doing the same thing. We're trying to earn God's approval through our much doing. 
even if the doing is good, helping someone across the street or fasting or praying or, or, or whatever we, what good deed we do, we have made that into the major instead of the minor. All right. And this teaching has really disrupted us from the fullness of Jesus Christ being unveiled and experienced and enjoyed by the church. And for other religions, they, they engage in these good works in order to please their God, whoever that person is. We know there's only one God. But uh, to, to, to make my point here is they have engaged in just uh, righteousness by works. And unfortunately, the church has as well. So we're going to look at that through the lens of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Please, once again, excuse this slide here. This is an error. It's, it, it's moved in a place it's not supposed to be. So our message today is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Won't you join me as I pray? Amen. Father God, we thank you and praise you and bless you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to have church, Lord God, even if it's online. We thank you, Lord God, and we pray that you draw everyone you've ordained to be a part of this service today or those that will watch this later. Draw them to their tablets and to their laptops and to their phones and to their Internet connected devices. Lord God, draw them, influence them by your loving kindness. We pray that you draw them today. And Father God, now you've tasked me with sharing this message and this message and this task is far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like, like never before. And we won't fail to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Save today. Sanctify today. Fill with your Holy Spirit today. Have your way total and complete during our service. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. We're going to look at how this tree has affected the church throughout the millennium all right hallelujah glory to god amen what we have before us right now is a contrast between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life all right so let's go through it together all right um the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it represents god's exercise of choice for mankind so why did god put adam in the garden of Eden and then have him being faced with two trees and then ultimately Eve being deceived by the enemy the devil and Adam being there and not wanting knowing she had a death sentence he joined her as well um, in disobedience to God uh, why would God give man this choice why, why would he why would that happen well understand that man um, being made in God's image and, and likeness, and we read that in Genesis 1 um, for other messages, and all of you have read that in your private Bible study. So in Genesis 1, God makes Adam in his image and likeness. Now, a being made in God's image and likeness would have a free will, just like God has a free will, all right? And God had to present Adam with a choice to see if Adam would choose to obey and choose relationship with God God's way or would Adam choose to live uh, independent of God 
and do things the way he wanted to do it. All right. Now, I know our modern sensibilities are more aligned with doing it our way. You know, we're we are modern human beings and we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. I understand it. I get it. All right. But you need to also understand that that way of thinking times seven billion people means there's a lot of clashing going on in the world. There's a lot of tension going on in the world due to that type of thinking. All right. And things are not congruent. Things are not unified. Uh, peoples are not um, aligned under God and moving in the right direction. All right. This is one of the reasons we have things like racism or political tensions or uh, uh, things of that nature. It's because all seven billion of us want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, as opposed to how God originally planned for us to do it is to walk in sync with him uh, but through his leading, through his guiding. All right. So getting back to this. God presented a choice to Adam. You can choose the tree of uh, tree of life, which uh, this is what I want for you. I'm forbidding you from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but I'm not I've not made you a robot. You have to choose. God wants to be chosen. He will not force himself upon anybody. All right. God wants to be chosen. All right. So the tree represented God's exercise of choice for man. The tree was also forbidden to be eaten from. So God forbid, forbid Adam from eating from the tree, but did not take away his, uh, his, his ability to choose the wrong choice. All right. It was also symbolic of a choice to live independent of God in order to live righteously. So Adam, knowing that Eve once deceived and ate of the tree, knew she had a death sentence, wanted to uh, eat and be with her. Uh, also, did not have enough faith in God that God had another means whereby he could have worked the situation out. So he tried to do it his way. All right. So to live independent of God. All right. He had no trust in God to work out the, the bad situation. All right. So also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents the way of Cain or all religions that follow. So self-effort, self-righteousness. So eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil meant that you were going your own way apart from God. God told you not to eat it and Adam ate it anyway. So he made a choice to live independent of God, regardless of what his reasonings were. God said, don't eat from it. Adam did it anyway. He had his reasons, but the reasons did not justify him doing it. And he chose to live independent of God. All right. And eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil leads to death. So living independent of God in through your own self efforts leads to death. God is the creator of life. He is the source of life. So if you live independent of the creator of life and the source of life, then life becomes temporal and leads to death. All right. It's not so much a punishment as it is a choice of man to live independent of God, the source and creator of life. And thus the life that you have in you only is going to last so long. Okay. All right. Let's look at the tree of life here at the bottom. 
All right. It is the sign and symbol. It's a sign and seal of immortal life or eternal life. Okay. It's God's preference for man. God preferred that man would eat from and commanded that man would eat from the tree of life as well as the other trees. All right. It's symbolic of a choice to live in dependence on God in order to live righteously. So it's like, Lord, I'm depending on you to live righteously as opposed to, Lord, I'm going to prove something to you and show you I'm righteous. It's I'm living in dependence on you. I'm you are the source of righteousness. So I'm going to draw from you. I'm going to receive from you. All right. It is the way of Abel and all those that choose to live by the grace of God. All right. Or Seth, because Abel did pass on. But uh, Abel brought an offering before God that was of the uh, the cattle, the firstlings the, uh, uh, of uh, those he was taking care of, the cattle that he was taking care of. And he brought the blood offering before God, knowing that I can only come before you now that my father had fallen. His father was Adam through blood. While Cain brought the work of his hands, the work of uh, the crops he had. All right. Cain's uh, offering to God represented his self-effort. Abel's offering represent what represented what Christ would do thousands of years later, laying down his life. All right. Because uh, Abel brought the offering of blood represented through the animals. Cain brought the offering of his self-efforts, the crops of the vegetables that he worked with his hands and brought that before God. All right. So one represents grace or the blood offering. One represents man's self-efforts or religion. Hallelujah, which was through Cain. All right. Lastly, the tree of life represents uh, it leads to eternal life. So we have two trees contrasted here. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. One's the seed, seed of the serpent versus the seed of the woman. So the seed of the serpent would be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The seed of the woman would be represented by the tree of life. One's a work of the flesh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life is a work of the spirit. All right. Uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is works, and the tree of life is faith. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a curse if you eat it, and there's a blessing if you, they were to eat of the tree of life. And as we mentioned before, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil leads to uh, leads to death and the tree of life leads to life here on the screen is obviously at the bottom. It is mixed up. Hallelujah. But hallelujah to be fully um, have full understanding here. The tree of the knowledge of evil leads to death and the tree of life leads to life. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm setting us up here. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep on hanging with me. Hallelujah. Next slide. How should we view the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? How, how should we view it? How should we understand it? All right. What, what should be our point of view of this tree beyond what we just talked about? All right. So looking at our slide here. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a picture of God's law or Ten Commandments, which we talked about last week. We talked about grace versus law. All right. The law is the knowledge of good and evil. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make any idols. 
Uh, do not misuse the name of God. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. Here is God's moral standard for man. And it gives us a knowledge of what is uh, good and what is evil. So, hallelujah. Glory to God. God did not want man to partake of the law. And the law was represented by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when we think of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God told man not to eat from, think of it as the law. We know that the law based from last week is the Ten Commandments and also the subsequent 613 laws that were rooted in the Ten Commandments that the Israelites followed. All right. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a picture of God's law or Ten Commandments. Keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that God told man not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that he eats of it, he shall surely die. So think about this. If the tree represents, uh, the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil represents the Ten Commandments. And last week we talked about the law being the ministry of death. Why would we as a body of believers eat from that tree or partake or follow the law? This is part of the reason we are having so many difficulties as a body of believers. Many of us. I know my own experience in the church. I was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and bringing a lack of success in my life and and subsequently the church as well the church should have a much greater influence upon society than it does but because of this foundational error where we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we try to present ourselves to God as holy and, and living righteously and proving ourselves to God and trying to earn God's favor as Cain did as what the tree represents then we don't find ourselves having the success as a church as a body as individual Christians as we ought to and it's because of this foundational error in the church. Somebody say, Amen. Let's move on. Why did God not want man to partake of the law? Why? Why? Would, now, what is going on? I thought, brother, pastor, that the law was good, and, and we should be doing the law. And, and this is Moses was given the law by God at Mount Sinai. Well, we're going to look at the reasons why God did not want man to partake of the law or partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's look at it. All right, so Romans 7:14. Here, the apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Rome and he is explaining um, how the Israelite um, Christian converts here should move from followers of the law to followers of Christ um, um, solely, all right? So there's no mixture like we talked about last week. There should be followers of Christ solely, all right? 
All right. So he, he says, so the trouble is not with the law. So trouble's not with the Ten Commandments. For it for the Ten Commandments, it is spiritual and good. It's spiritual and good. Those those ten things I read earlier, they're, they're spiritual and good. They're holy, just and good. The trouble is with me. Now he's talking about himself, but he's also representing all of mankind. The trouble is with me or with mankind. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. So what he's saying here, the trouble's not with the Ten Commandments, they're holy, just, and good. It's just that mankind, independent of God, cannot keep the Ten Commandments. He, he can't execute them. He, he has a sin nature passed on to him from Adam. All of mankind has been passed down with the sin nature, the uh, sin's influence. It's heavily influenced upon the will, the intellect, and the emotions. Another word for will, intellect, and emotions is personality. Another word for personality is soul or ego. Sins affect its influence on the will, the intellect, and the emotions, the personality, the soul, the ego. They are all the same thing. And Paul is unveiling here that as human beings, we cannot keep the law in and of ourselves, in our own strength. Because we're slaves to sin. And that's something we have to reconcile. That sin's strong influence upon our lives. Even me as a pastor, I have to acknowledge that it has an influence in my life. And once I do that, then I can know that this, I need to lean on Jesus and allow his spirit to live in me, his spirit being the Holy Spirit, to allow me to live the life that is in alignment with God. Amen? All right, let's move on. So God knew if man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, became aware of good and evil, believed he could live righteously apart from God, that man would fail. As the Apostle Paul, Paul wrote in Romans 7:12, the law is holy, the commandment holy, and just, and good. However, man, despite his best efforts, is carnal or unspiritual and is a slave to sin apart from God. Man, independent of God, is incapable of keeping the law. So why did God not want man to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or partake of the law? Because man is incapable of keeping the law. It was an exercise of choice in the garden. God wanted to know, would, would man choose the tree of life? which is represented by grace, or would he choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is represented by the law, or is a picture of the law? Man chose the law. And then God said, if the day that you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. We also talked about in 2 Corinthians 3 and 7, how the law was described as the ministry of death. Now, it is holy, it is just, and it is good, how is it the ministry of death when it shows you uh, the law is like a mirror? It shows you your fallen nature and God in contrast to God's standard. And when you see it, you, you will not be able to keep it. And thus, hallelujah, it will lead to death. All right. The, cur you know, the curses, the, the lack of blessings. 
because you cannot keep it perfectly. Matter of fact, the only person who kept, kept the law perfectly was Jesus Christ, the God man. He had no sin nature. He had no physical father. He had a mother, hallelujah, and it was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, amen, and he was not burdened with the sin nature. So his will, his intellect, and his emotions were not affected by sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thus he could keep the law. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to the garden real quick. It's called by many scholars the age of innocence. So God did not want man to be aware of good and evil. He just wanted man to be aware of God. All right. With this by the same token, we're not to be sin focused as Christians. We're just be focused on Jesus. So if I'm focused on Jesus, I'm being led by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and I'm living my life. I'm not thinking about sin. I'm not being led to sin. I'm being led to righteousness and, and I'm being led there and I'm being empowered in my physical body by the Holy Spirit. I have, I already, I know that I have a sin nature in me. So I yield myself to the spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit and allow him to live the life of Christ, the life that lived perfectly in me and through me. So the way to holiness is uh, acknowledging your fallen state, knowing that you could only live by God through God's empowering and allowing the spirit of Christ to live the life of Christ through you. Hallelujah, which is the way of grace. Somebody say hallelujah. All right. I know it's deep this week, but hang on with me. Hallelujah. Saints, it is impossible for man to keep the law. It's impossible. It's not possible for you and I to keep the law. It's holy. It's just and good. But it's it's a schoolmaster, as we were talking about last week. It's supposed to lead us to Christ. Show us our weakness, our sinfulness. Have us go into despair, uh, calling for a savior. And that savior was Jesus Christ, our hero is Jesus Christ. But for us, it's impossible to keep the law at, represented by the picture of the tree of knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's look at it. So James 2 and 10. James was a very practical teacher, and James was the half-brother of Jesus. All right? And here he's ministering to fellow Israelites or Jews of his day. And this is what he has to say. He says, For whosoever, whoever, whosoever keeps the law as a whole, but stumbles and offends in one single instance has become guilty of breaking all of it, it being the law. So in other words, you could keep the law 99% of the time, but mess up one time and you're guilty of breaking all of it. Amen. And thus you have all the curses of the law upon you going to hell and all that. When man, our attempts to live for God through our law keeping or through our self efforts of living righteously are impossible. All right. Listen, if the law, the Ten Commandments is not adhered or followed to perfectly 24 seven, 365 days a year and is broken on a single instance, a person is guilty of breaking all the all of the law for committing one sin on one occasion. God's law is unforgiving. His standard, his moral standard is his moral standard. It's unforgiving in its nature. It is an impossible to keep by man. God knew this and forbid Adam from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was a picture of the law. And Adam disobeyed God and thus placed all mankind in his current fallen state, including believers. 
All right. Excluding believers, excuse me, excluding believers. We are no longer fallen. We are in Christ. All right. The new Adam. Hallelujah. The second Adam. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Israelites at Mount Sinai demanded God give them laws and God gave them a law. And as soon as Moses came down the mountain with those Ten Commandments, those two tablets, and saw that the people were sinning, he got frustrated and threw down the first set and broke them. Now, there was another set. Moses went back up to the mountain and got another set later on. All right. But him breaking those first tablets was representative that man could not keep the law. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it from the beginning. They, they, they told God they would do it. Whatever you would have us to do, we will do. I've made silly um, statements to God like that. Instead of saying, God, empower me to do what you want me to do. Right? Hallelujah. We cannot keep the Lord. They're holy. It's holy. It's just. And it's good. But it's to bring us to despair, to the end of ourselves, and show us that we needed a Savior. All right? Let's move on. How should we view the tree of life? We talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a picture of the law. The knowledge of good and evil is the law. All right? So once Adam and Eve ate of the tree, they had the knowledge of good and evil. All right? And then they decided to try to try to keep the, uh, uh, the law or, or live holy. And thus they put those fig leaves around them, which represents man's self-righteousness, man's attempt at self-righteousness. But in contrast, how should we view the tree of life? All right. Let's go to John eleven twenty five, the Amplified Classic Version. Here Jesus is responding to, um, to Lazarus's sister here. And he says to her, she, she came and said, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, Lazarus would still be alive. And Jesus says, Jesus says to her, I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, although he may die, die a physical death, yet he shall live. So this speaks of resurrection. So Jesus here is declaring that he is the resurrection and the life. So he will bring us back to life. He came back to life himself and he is life. Let's go on to our next scripture. It'd be John 14, 6. Let's jump there. And Jesus said to him, this is Thomas doubting the things that Jesus had just said about let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there's many mansions and all that. So here's Jesus's response. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. I am the way I am. You know, Thomas asked him, which way, what, what way do we go? How, how do we do this? He says, I am the way. Look at me. I am the truth. And I am the life. Hallelujah. The life. Let's jump down to John 6.35. Jesus replied to them, 
says, I am, he's going back and forth with the Pharisees and Sadducees here. He says, I am the bread of life. Now, they were talking about Moses and the manna that came from heaven. He's saying to them, I am the true bread of life. The one who comes to me will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me as Savior will never be thirsty. For that one will be sustained spiritually. So he's declared, I will be, I, I am the bread of life. Bread sustaining you physically but he's also saying it goes beyond that I'll, I'll i'll sustain you spiritually we try to sustain ourselves spiritually but that's god's job it's through christ hallelujah what, what is this all dealing with the tree of life is a picture of our savior jesus christ so we have the tree of the knowledge of geneva which is a picture of the law the ten commandments and the tree of life is a picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Whosoever partakes of the tree, Jesus, will have eternal life, which is what the tree of life represented. In the garden, God knew if Adam ate from the tree of life, which represented Christ, that man would have no need to live righteously through his own self-efforts, but would be wholly dependent on God to sustain him physically and spiritually. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's like, choose me, choose the right way, choose the tree of life, which is a picture of my son, Jesus Christ, where you will be sustained physically, you're eating of the tree, and spiritually, as Jesus spoke about in John 6.35. Hallelujah. But how is the tree of life a picture of Christ? How is how is that? How can that be? Let's 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 look at it. Amen. We're going to go to Galatians 3:13 amplified classic version. Amen. Paul here is contrasting law and grace with the Galatians who have been infiltrated by a group of people called the Judaizers who believed that the Galatians needed to become Jews first and follow the law and then become Christians. And Paul was combating that false teaching on that false narrative he says to these folks to these believers at the church at galatia he says christ purchased our freedom redeeming us redeeming means buying us from the curse or the doom of the law yeah, it is a curse of the law there's a doom of the law and it's condemnation the law condemns us thou shalt not thou shalt not it condemns us by himself becoming a curse for us. So Christ became a curse for you and I that are believers. And if you're not a believer in Christ, you, I'm going to invite you later at the end of the service to join the family of God. All right. So becoming a curse for us. Christ became a curse for us. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or is crucified. It's from Deuteronomy 21, 23. Amen. Deuteronomy is when uh, Moses gave the law a second time to the second generation that would eventually go into the promised land. I don't want to get too far off into that. Amen. But let's focus on hangs on a tree. The cross was made of wood, which was from sourced from a tree. He would hang on the tree and become a curse in our place. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 24. We know this is the same Peter that um, 
was with Jesus. It was the, one of the uh, it was the first leader of the church. Right. He says he personally bore our sins in his own body. Christ bore or carried our own sin, our, our sins on his body on the tree. As on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. So he, he, if, if, if Christ took all the punishment for all of the sins of every human being that ever existed, then sin, we cease to exist in sin, those of us that accept him as Lord and Savior. All right. And live to righteousness. So we're no longer eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're no longer operating in a way to try to prove ourselves to God and be accepted by God. We know the strength of sin is the law. We read that last week. The law is holy, just and good. But if someone says, do not do this, there's something in our fallen human nature that causes us to do the thing we were told not to do. All right. So once we're focused on Christ, we're no longer in that position. We're looking towards him to strengthen us by way of his spirit and live the life of Christ through us. Amen. So to cease to exist to sin and live by, to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So this theme of tree, Christ dying in our place on a tree. What am I talking about here? Jesus is the tree of life. Jesus hung on the tree. The tree in the garden was a picture of what Christ would do thousands of years later. In the garden was a picture of Christ's crucifixion. And have had Adam eaten from that tree, the world would not be in the mess that it's in right now. But thanks be to God that he sent a savior that was the substance of the tree of life. And he hung on a tree to be able to restore you and I back to right relationship with our God, our creator. Hallelujah. Through the person of Jesus Christ, somebody say hallelujah. Jesus is the tree of life, hallelujah, that we should partake from, hallelujah, instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is a picture of the law. So this is from the beginning, y'all. This started in the very beginning, amen, this, this grace versus law thing, and man chose law. And then the Israelites thousands of years later at Mount Sinai chose law. And then many of us today in the modern church, instead of we, you know, we, 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 we are Christians, but we are choosing law or we're choosing mixture. And we talked about last week, hallelujah to Matthew, how Jesus said this, not mixture is not for us. Jesus is the tree of life. Will you partake of the tree of life? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
glory to God. I, I know I, I want to live for God. I, I want to do right by God. I'm excited for God. I, I, I you know, uh, if I have to fast, I have to fast. If I have to uh, 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 pray 10 hours, I want to pray. I, you know, I get it. I've been there. I know. I get it. But the pathway is through Christ. And as we partake from the tree, if, if we look to Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith, and then we know that his spirit lives inside of us. Just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Lead me and guide me into all truth. Now, there will be instances where he's going to lead you to things that you don't want to do. And you got to make a decision. Am I going to revert and go back to eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Or am I going to continue in this tree of life? It's a temptation for all of us. What tree are you going to eat from? I'm going to eat from the tree of life. But it takes some honesty about yourself. Because if you're like me, sometimes you got blinders on. And you don't understand your own weaknesses and your own struggles. And you're not honest about it because you're still trying to be like Cain. And see, God, how good I am. I understand my weakness and how not good I am. And that's the place of maturity as a Christian. When you understand how not good you are in and of yourself. How good Jesus is. Surrender your will to his will. Eat from the tree of life. Amen. Which is grace. Which, through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as God leads you. There will be some decisions. That you just have to make where you lay down. And you say not my will. But thy will be done. So I'm not having it my way. I'm allowing God to have it his way. Amen. This is for leaders and pastors as well. Let God have his way. You don't have to prove anything to God. All you have to do is let him say, not my will, God. Thy will be done. All right. So let's wind this up right now. All right. So since the Garden, since the garden of Eden, mankind has consistently and figuratively eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which represents man's self-efforts to live righteously apart from God or all religions to all religions of the world are trying to live righteously. All right. Other religions are trying to do it without a savior. All right. How are they trying to approach God? Not through blood. As Christians, we approach God through the blood of Christ, acknowledging our inability to live perfectly or holy apart from him and saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. I'm going to eat from the tree of life, which is grace that God went out of his way to rescue us and then live in us and empower us to live righteously. All right. Hallelujah. This was never God's intent for mankind, religion, or eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. From the beginning, it was God's plan for man to partake of the tree of life, a picture of Jesus Christ, and thus be totally dependent on God for his spiritual and physical well-being. Jesus dying on the tree, the cross, was God's way of unveiling Christ as the true tree, excuse me, true tree of life, Offering eternal life to all those that would trust him as Lord and Savior. Everyone. So uh, there's, there's an exclusive way to God. It's through Jesus Christ. But 
There's an inclusive invitation for all, no matter what your race is, your background, your religious background. The offer is to all of the 7 billion people on the earth. The offer is there. Hallelujah. Now, uh, obviously, the, uh, Christianity makes up about 2 billion people. So the other 5 billion people that have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, the offer is to them as well. But it's exclusive. It's one way. There's not many paths to God. There is one way to God. Jesus said to himself, this the narrow, narrow is the way to God. This is wide is the way to destruction. There is one path to God, but that invitation is to everybody. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where did I leave off from? Hallelujah. As the true tree of life, offering eternal life to all those that would trust him as Lord and Savior. The tree of life, grace, Jesus is the person of grace, is greater than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the law. So our message today was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me let me let me jump here. Hallelujah for a second. A message today was the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. God wanted, wants us and wanted me to unveil to you today that many of us have been eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. We also talked about 2 Corinthians 3, 7, calling the law the ministry of death. We talked about Romans 7, uh, 7 and 12, that the law is holy, just, and good, but it cannot transform us. It cannot make us live holy. It is a mirror to show us ourselves. It is a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. As Christians, why do we do the things we do? Are we doing it to prove ourselves to God? Are we doing it to be accepted by God? Or are we doing it out of a response to God's leading and guiding? This is what we have to ask ourselves. I'm talking to leaders as well. All right. Hallelujah. God's holy standard is inflexible. There is no forgiveness by way of the law. The law condemns. It's inflexible. God is holy. He will not change. He's holy. However, so the, the law represents his justice or making things fair or right. But God's a God of justice and he's a God of love. His love, his compassion sent Jesus Christ to come rescue man from his own bad choice of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Hallelujah. Many of us, like I said, have been eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Even those of us that are Christians that are saved. And God's using me today to really get you to understand that you don't have to eat from that tree any longer eat from the tree of life he loves you god so loved the world the world in its fallen state that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever so anybody who believes in him as lord and savior shall not perish but have eternal life you've been working hard as a Christian, you've been working hard, whatever religion you were in. But I'm here to tell you today that it's only about you eating or partaking from the tree of life, which is a picture of Jesus Christ. So you're out there. And we live in this crazy 2020. 
That's all that's going on. And we are two and a half weeks from an election. And we have the pandemic pushing 220,000 dead in this country. And we have schools opening and closing. And we have hot spots across the nation. And things are out of control. And sports teams are postponing games and closing facilities. And all the craziness that's going on in this year. Amen. Listen, God sent his son to rescue us to heal us, to sustain us. And if you would like stability in your life, you would like to know your creator, your God, the one that loves you, the one that sent his son to die in your place, please, ma'am, please, sir, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities, and general imperfections. I believe you died for my sins and imperfections. I believe that you then rose from the dead as the evidence of the payment being received by God for my imperfections or my sins. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name as I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.